And finally, Simeon Telly gets his chance to star. Having played so well for the Tigers this year, he's scored plenty of tries, especially running off Nofaluma, Balob, Bam, Boom, Tootie, Fruity, Oh, Rudy! <laughs> G'day everybody, welcome to Not The Footy Show, episode 160. It is myself, Warwick Nicholson, and joined, not this time in the studio, but halfway across Sydney, Mr. Rob Cox. I'm here, I'm here again, oh, mate. Come, let it come, Cox. There he is. <laughs> uh, I'm here again, mate. Yes, uh, I'm actually in my dining room uh, with the, you know, the uh, the recorder set up, and I can see that you're in, um, I think you're in your your, your your little den there at home. With a... it'd, it'd be the bedwar. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for welcoming me in, mate. I feel privileged. I think you didn't get past didn't get past all the laundry in the last two visits. So you almost got to work in. <laughs> you do your best uh, work in the lounge room, I've heard, mate. Indeed. So we're skyping this, everybody, and uh, look, we'll see how it sounds. Hopefully, it sounds fine, and uh, this might uh, mean we might do some midweek stuff or leading into the weekend uh, a bit more as we get going. But at the meantime. It's another jam-packed episode of the Footy Show, episode 160. Plenty to talk about at around five, including the introduction of our remembering section. And this week, oh, you're going to look forward to it. Some Eon Cross and Magic. We'll be back after the break on Not the Footy Show. Cheap, mm-hmm. nasty, mm-hmm. and downright boring. Not the Footy Show. Walker's on, Walker's on, Walker's on. Pass it on, Hodjo. Hodjo, Walker's on. Watch Walker. Can you let them know that Walker's on the field? Yeah, I didn't already. All right, Cocksmith, it's time to talk about round five. Now, a preface for everybody. I've let the team down this week, uh, Cocksmith. Uh, mm. I, I got the late call up to a wedding down the south coast. Yep. And, um, I've seen about a game and a third of the entire round. So this is pretty much round five with Cocksmith. Not very committed. No, you? not at all. Right. Well, I've seen probably... 98% of every game for the last 10 Mate, years. Mate, it's I footy think. season. You're meant to be, you know, at the TV or at the footy or, or somewhere in the car with the radio going so you can hear the footy. Yeah, I know. I've let the team down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. It's just uh, friends. Yeah, well, look, I didn't, I didn't get... I, I got to two games. I had to work at two games this week. Um, and I've watched uh some other games on tv so um you know i'm i'm not far ahead of you mate i've got to got to admit as well uh and it's not through lack of trying swimmingly so hope you enjoy the next five minutes everybody (laughs) we did see the first game of the round though we did see the first game of the round which was bulldogs and the broncos we did see Uh, that yeah did you tip the bulldogs no not at all not at all mate i um i dead set thought that that the uh the broncos would would have you know cleaned them up given what they've showed us in the last Two or three weeks, the Bulldogs. They surprised me. They they stood up for Dez from the looks of it. I mean, it looks to me, it looked to me like they didn't didn't really even let the Broncos deep into the game. I think they they kind of um, they outmuscled them in the middle, which was Look, good to see. The, the Broncos, and this is a, a bit of a trait under Wayne Bennett, and I understand to a degree why he does it. But they stopped playing football with a lead. Mm. I mean, I know the conditions weren't great, but yeah. I mean, the Bulldogs just kept 
trying, which is why they got back in the game and ultimately yeah. got the lead in one ten seven. But the Broncos, just guys. The first try they got was lucky. Well, yeah. the only try they got was lucky. Mm. I actually turned the TV on. Um, that's the first part of the game I saw. And I've seen, seen uh, San Fodo jump on the ball. I thought, oh, what a great defensive play by the second rower. Mm. And then realised, actually, it was a try and he outpaced uh, Anthony Milford. So I'm sure Milford's going to uh, not get reminded of that at all in yeah. the future. Yeah. Look, full credit to the Dogs. Um, that's, a, that's a huge win for them. And, and I think there's some information on the old uh, Desmond Hasler contract. Well, it, it, seems, uh, it seems that he's been offered a two-year extension on his contract, uh, albeit with some... Um alleged uh, restrictions. So it looks like they're not all that confident in his uh, retainment of players, certain players, and his recruiting of other players. Um, there, there are, I mean, the team has kind of evolved into a very blunt kind of an attack. They're not, they're not what we expect from the Bulldogs. They're, no. they're very, they're, they're, they're always going to be tough and gritty. That's just the way the Bulldogs are. But um, it just seems that their, their spine is probably the weakest in the comp. Um, if you go through their one, six, seven, and nine, and the way they're combining, maybe not individually as players. I mean, I'm, I, I wouldn't cast aspersions on players like that, but um, mm. you know, Leacher seems to be ineffective out of nine, uh, out of out of dummy half. He doesn't run the ball all that often. Um, he seems to be just standing and delivering. Uh, he, he runs the ball occasionally, but his runs are ineffective. The seven yeah. and six aren't gelling, um, and you know, I, I, I've I've often had had. Um, a, a little bit of a drama with players that want certain time off for for you know extracurricular activities, and the Bulldogs knew that going in that Will yeah. wanted to go to church on Sundays or what whatever that the Mormons do on a Sunday, and and that's all well and good and good on him for for sticking to his beliefs. You have got to take your hat off to the man. It takes a bit of conviction to yeah, it does to especially in that environment. Yeah, I mean it's it's not easy, but. At the same time, and I know he hasn't missed any games this year. I think he only missed two last year. Was it two or three last yeah, year? Yeah, it was back end of the season. I think he missed a couple yeah, of games. Yeah, but uh, that's got to be unsettling. I mean, that has got to be slightly unsettling. So, yeah, and and Desi didn't recruit Reynolds, but I think he recruited Embi, Leacher, and Will. And Brad Abbey. The, the guys replaced him as well. Who was that? That fullback, Brad Abbey. So, Hawaii was oh, recruited as well. Yeah. And so was his replacement. Who, look. I'll give him credit. He's got better every week, Brad Abbey. I thought he was quite good the other night. Um, there just seems to be almost like he got a file it under him. But, yeah. You know, the rookie, the rookie game is there. The yeah. second game is there. Yeah. Now it's the third game, kid. Yeah. Step up. And he actually, he played pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, of course, Will hasn't been playing for the last couple of weeks. Um, and and Brad has done a pretty good job in there. He's a young bloke, though. I mean, you can't expect you can't expect miracles out of out of most young fellas. Um, but yeah, so they've taken his recruitment and retainment um, away from him, um, yep. as well as a couple of other things I hear. And um, yeah, Desi hasn't signed it yet, and um, I I don't know if he will. Um, Desi likes control. Desi's an old yeah. school teacher. He likes to be the boss of the class, and um, yeah, watch and this. Pretty space. much since he had first success with Manly. That's been the case. Yep. Yeah. So exactly. it'll be an adjustment period for him if he takes the new offer, and that clause is indeed in part of it. Mm. We need to talk about um, his old team, Manly. Mm. That's a game I didn't see. Uh, I've spoken to a few people, yourself, uh, another one of the photographers, good old uh, Chuck Stagram, and he was really impressed by Manly on Friday night. What do you think, mate? They're strong. They're strong. That's the the the. The, the word that comes to mind when I'm looking at the manly of, of you know, rounds four and five of, of 2017 is strong. Um, uh, the six and seven are gelling. Um, the one is a terrific young player in um, Tommy T. 
and uh, mate, they're doing good things. They're doing good things. The, DCE. The oh, absolutely. And they're pushing forward. They're the ones that are getting the the platform for the for the backs to to do their business. Um, you know, you've got uh, Adam, what's his name? Fanua Blake. Fanua Blake. You've got... Miles uh, was playing well. Miles was playing good. He's, he, he, I think I think Nate Miles went to school with my dad. He's, okay. Know, he's, he's not a young <laughs> bloke. You know what I mean? I mean, you're only 12, Coxsmith. Yeah. He seems to be able to pull out a patch of good games every year. The older he gets, he's pulling out good games. And, and surprise, surprise, it's just before, you know, Origin starts to kind of get penciled, if you know what I mean. Round six, we're so looking he's at... A, he's a guy you want in your team. I'll, I'll mm. say that forever. Mm. He's just a guy oh, you absolutely. want... He's a terrific fella too, you know. He's actually a really funny bloke, and he's he's a he's a, he's a, he's a good, fantastic individual. He's a good it's bloke. Funny you mentioned about the last couple of weeks. Um, the actual first win for Manly in 2017 mm. came in Townsville against the Cowboys. So in the last three weeks, they've beaten the Cowboys, the Bulldogs at home, and then mm. the Roosters on the road. So they've beaten the only teams that have beaten the, the only team that has beaten the Cowboys and the Roosters this year is Manly. Yep. Yeah, mate, they're strong, and and you know, obviously, uh, Marty Tapao. Um, is leading the way as well, and um, as long as as long as Marty can keep you know his his hands in his pockets and and not do anything a little bit crazy because he's got that in him, um, yeah. you know he he'll uh, they'll go a long way. They'll go a long way this year. I, I don't know if they'll be I don't know if they'll be final like as in grand final contenders. Um, but so you've got them in the eight. What you're telling me they're already in the eight. Well, I, yeah, I I think they're going to be in the eight. I, I, wow. I think they're going to be in the eight. If you look at just look at the last couple of weeks' performance, um, obviously their depth will be tested at some stage. It always is, but yeah, at this stage, I think I might have them in for a smoky. In for uh, yeah. That, that said, they did get beaten by Parramatta and South Sydney at Brookvale in the first two weeks, so mm-hmm. I'll like to see a little bit more from them. Yeah, before but, I... but you know what? They they, they apparently in their top thirty players, they've had don't quote me seventeen or eighteen new players. Um, that have only that haven't played together for more than a year, so there's some gelling that needs to needs to be done. It looks like they it really does look like they're gelling. Dylan Walker, you yeah. know, Dylan Walker. Every week, as you know, was I write out a New South Wales team, <laughs> okay? And we'll get to that a little bit later. But every every week, and what I do is I write it one through to twenty, you know, because you need a few, yep. few extras, and. Um, and when a good player or when a player plays really well one week, I'll put him in brackets next to the my first pick. And and Dylan Walker, Dylan oh, yeah. Walker is actually in brackets this week for me. Watch out, Cocksmith. <laughs> now you've got a bit of a following on the old uh, iTunes ratings at the moment. And must have heard that you've put Dylan Walker in the Origin team. I think you might lose some fans. Uh, anyway, we'll go to the uh, the next part of the round. Uh, we wanted to talk about a team that I guess has had another um, huge injury toll. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, they uh, mm. they led 22-12, best I could tell, as I was driving back up the coast. And uh, when I checked the full-time score, the Warriors had won. Yep, Warriors. I was watching that on um, TV, actually, in the in the media room, in the, in the press room at um, ANZ Stadium yesterday. Uh, yeah, um, they got what's done. Your, what's your take? Was it the foreign factor? I think so. The foreign seemed to be... Whenever they got... Whenever they got in the um, in the tw- in the 20 metres uh, into the red zone of the Titans... Um, Foreign took control. Foreign okay. was was steering the ship. Um, very cool head. He's got a very cool head. He's very smart. Uh, he's tenacious, and and you know he, he he can spot a weakness a mile off. In saying that, you know it wasn't a blowout. It's not as if they beat the Titans by sixty, um, but 
uh, they they did a better job than they did the week before against St George. Let me let me put it that way. Well, see, this is the beauty of a competition that we're in, and and we'll we'll uh, prattle on about this all year. Mm. Extremely mediocre is a harsh word, but your ability to stay in this competition is a good month of football. Yeah, you string three or four wins in a row, or three or four wins in five games together. Yeah, and you're looking at the top eight. It's yeah. just the it's the reality of this competition. I mean, they have been pretty average all year, and yet they're now two and three. Yeah. They're on four points. They're only out of the top eight on differential. I mean, it's... It's very early, though. I mean, let's, not, let's, let's never use the word must-win games until, like, around round eight or nine at the absolute earliest. I, I, that does my head in, the old mm. must-win game preview. Yeah. Yeah, totally, mate. Look, you've got a... Uh, is it 20, 25 games in a year? 24 games for each team. 24, 24 games for each team, and you've got to win... Bet- between 14 and 16 of them to make the eight. So make sure that you're in, and if you win 12, who knows? Yeah. Life could, life could uh, smile on you. Well, yeah. The other results from uh, round number five, we'll quickly go through. The Cowboys beat the Rabbitohs 20 points to six. Sharks beat the Knights 19-18. Raiders beat the Eels 30 points to 18. Uh, the Storm, they beat the Panthers in what was like a pretty tasty matchup uh, going in, but I don't think either of us saw a single second of that match. I didn't see a second of it. I did not see one second of that, that match. Um, unfortunately, I I don't, I don't, couldn't tell you what day it was on. I believe it was on Saturday night. Oh, was it on Saturday night? It was on Saturday night. Yeah, yes, we'll so see. I was, I, was coming, so. I was coming back from Canberra. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd shot the Canberra game, uh, Canberra v. Para. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was impossible for me to watch that one. Um, but the, say, the 28 six score lines a pretty emphatic victory for uh, the Storm and I think it reminds everybody just again even up back of what I said last week that uh, this Panthers team they'll be very good this year but uh, the big teams they'll uh, they'll take a swipe at them that's for sure and yep. then speaking of um, big teams your mighty St. George Laura Dragons oh, four and one in the season what about the Dragons didn't I pick them at the start of the year to trounce everyone did I Mate, you, you, you nothing but belief nothing but pure belief yeah. in Cocksmith and the Dragons <laughs> I think yeah, I picked them for bottom four. Proves to like seven and four or something as St. George of the halfback. I mean, that, that winning record, the solution, how good is he? Mate, well, you know what? He might be in brackets. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, this, this podcast ends if he ever makes brackets. <laughs> uh, quickly on the Dragons, uh, Josh Dugan, their hamstring in that match. Now, my question to you, Cocksmith, mm. is is it Dufty time? Duffier for me, Duffier for you. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I saw Matt Dufty play last year in in the twenties, and uh, he was a class above, a well, well, a class above. His only thing is he's a little light. He's he's not he's not a he's not a big player like Dugan. Um, he's he's probably about Kurt Mann size. So um, it's definitely time for Matt Dufty to um, to come in. I, I, I say, but um, I don't know. Mary might have someone else. He might have. I hope Mary goes with him because mm. I think it's a. Backwards move if you move uh, Nightingale back to fullback and then bring in Aitken and move. Nightingale's so strong on the wing that I, yes. I, I think you've got to let. He scored three tries okay. yesterday. I'll say it, you took an absolute cracking photo of him scoring that try yesterday. Mm. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Very no, good. he's he's a he's a great finisher. He's a great left side finisher or right side. <laughs> just just depends. He can play both wings. You know, of of uh, you know, I've seen him score big, big good finishing tries. Uh, finishing moves on either side, so he's you know he's good on either side. He's a winger. Quick, uh, he's not a fullback. Goes each way. Uh, quick um, 
<laughs> wrap of the Tigers. They've just appointed, or they're going to appoint by the time this podcast uh, hits the airwaves, Ivan Cleary, the coach. There was an interesting article, and we'll get to it when we talk about salary cap in a little while. But yep. were there any one million dollar players in the Tigers yesterday? Um, not not yesterday, mate. There weren't. No, no. I, I'd uh, I'd struggle to find a seven hundred thousand dollar player yesterday. Look, the Tigers, and they did it the week before with Melbourne. They play good in very short bursts. Their consistency, yep. I. Look, something. The other thing that's been mentioned this week is: Are they fit? Oh, who knows? I don't know. Maybe their strength and conditioning guy can tell us that. Um, unfortunately, we don't have him on the podcast today. But uh, I, I think uh, they play. They played really well the week before for thirty minutes against Melbourne. They played really well against St George yesterday for about fifteen minutes, and they didn't play terribly. But they make they make some silly some silly decisions. You know, some some decisions to kick the ball when the pass is on and, and vice versa um, and their, their defence is not good at the moment, their, their defence is, is not good um, uh, yeah I, I, I don't think I, yeah well we'll talk about more about the million dollar players and the big four um, later on but um, no, I think I think Ivan's going to have a little bit of a bit of a, a job ahead of him um, and I, I really hope he's successful because you know he's, he's a good fella and I think he's a great coach Speaking of million-dollar players, we'll talk about uh, our first remembering player, <laughs> the legend of Eon Crossan next on the Footy Show. Run of the tackle, a break made by Mark Lyons, over the halfway, turns it inside, Trindle, he's very fast, looks for support, gives it to Crossan and Crossan puts it down. And Trindle, Trindle set up his support well in Crossan and he's dropped the ball. Inside the 20, Garlic gets out from dummy half, links up with Brown and Thompson, and Slattery and Crossan, Crossan, he scores! Why not? To give himself the most difficult of conversion attempts. Behind the ruck, there's a West play there, ran out of the line, he caused the overlap, and Crossan, what a winger. Well, that's one of the most intricate players I've ever seen. They just created numbers there, a lot of bodies in motion, Eon Crossan, a safe run to the line. He finds Darren Brown. South Sydney, Brazzle Dazzle stuff. Away from Crossan, intercepted by Carney for Western Suburbs. Wide angle, oh, he's got it. Boy, can they kick these New Zealanders. South, they hit the lead, eight points to six. The ball's gone loose. Oh, here's a chance for Grady. Back on the halfway, for Grady. Twelve. What a crashing! Wow, what a player Eon Crossan was. He played three first uh, first grade years at the um, South Sydney Rabbitohs in nineteen ninety two. 
He then played a full season with the Cronulla Sharks in 1994 and played a grand total of one game for the Mighty Sharks in 1995. Cocksmith, what do you remember about Eon Crossan? I remember that that one game in 95 was probably one too many um, for the Sharks. He kicked three from four. What are you talking about? They won the game. What was the score? He's doing his job on the wing. What was the score of that game? Do you, have you got the, the stats there? Stat Thanks man? to the fantastic website, regularlyproject.org, and seriously, those guys... No, nothing but credit to you. Uh, he kicked three from four yep. as the Sharks beat the Panthers 11 points to eight at Penrith Park in front of 6,317 lucky people wow. who saw the Vion Crossan. What I remember of Vion Crossan, and I never saw him play in person. Um, actually, or did I? Maybe I did because I started shooting in 94. I don't really remember much about him though. Um, yeah, he, he, uh, he had massive shoulder pads. He had uh, blonde hair. And he could kick a ball. He could. He, he was could a, kick a goal. He was a goal kick. Was he originally a union player? I believe he was. They, they. I don't know where they grabbed him from. Part of me says it had to. And he was a New Zealander, so a Kiwi. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was a Kiwi. Um, but it's interesting. He, he kicked at seventy percent in first grade. Now, seventy percent success rate in the 1990s was mm. pretty spectacular because I mean we still had toe pokers back then. Yeah, yeah, we had toe pokers. I think. I think. Um, uh, a lot of players, half half probably was back then in the in the early nineties, early to mid nineties, um, and uh, yeah, we've got a lot of players these days that are kicking up around the seventies. But even now, seventy percent goal kicker is a pretty good goal kicker. Uh, he, could, he could pop them from anywhere. He was amazing, um, but his defence was lame. Well, he couldn't At, tackle. Let's be honest, he could not no, tackle. He couldn't tackle. I, I think he's he's. Um, he scored a few tries, though. I mean, you know that. that he scored. He scored eleven tries in forty-five games. He scored eight and twenty-two in ninety-four as the the Sharks that year. They missed the finals, but that was a top-five system back in ninety-four. I think they finished seventh that year. Mm. Solid football, and he played outside. Uh, he won Andrew Eddinghausen. I think Eddinghausen scored twenty odd tries that year, so he probably could have scored even more if Et had passed the ball. So, mm. you know, it's not a bad effort in the space of like two seasons to score three hundred and twenty-four points and win twenty of your forty-five games. Yep. No, he, he was um he was a, a legit a legit winger in the day. Remember back in the day, um, often the wingers wingers back in the day were little fellas. These days they're behemoths. You know, you got guys like you know the angry Fijian Corey down Oates. there in Melbourne and Corey Oates. You know, they're hundred hundred and five kilo flyers. Angry Fiji. Um, but uh, you know. Back in the day, I mean, back in Ian Crossan's day, back in the early nineties, I mean, Ian wasn't a very big fella. Um, he was probably five foot ten and eighty-five kilos or so. Um, probably too small to play on the wing in first grade these days. But yep. he was a mate. He was a good goal kicker. That's, that's the other thing about him as a final memory is he wasn't fast. He wasn't that fast. No. <laughs> he was not quick. No. So he was small. He, was, he wasn't fast. I often thought he was a bit of a byproduct of the whole um, Daryl Halligan uh, conversion uh, from, from Union to, to League. And, and Matthew Reed obviously um, had a period there as well. They were, they were both sort of the home runs. And then all of a sudden people thought, let's get another one. Let's get another Kiwi. Leon Crossan got a, got a contract. And as I said, congratulations to him. It's not a bad effort to uh, win 20 of your tw- uh, 45 first grade games. And uh, he played first grade, so cannot... Uh, Give him too much stick. So congratulations, Eon Cross, and you are our footy legend for the week. So here it is again, that amazing compilation of all Eon uh, Crossan's highlights from his two seasons in the NRL. Wide angle. Oh, he's got it. Boy, can they kick these New Zealanders. And Crossan, what a winger. You got a race? I don't fool around, baby. 
I thought you said Pendant was in financial trouble. They were, but they're being absorbed by... That big Japanese conglomerate. Wow, when did that happen? They're signing the papers next week. All right, Coxman, it's time to talk salary cap. Now, this is something that... I think you might get excited about, not because you're going to get a percentage of this salary cap. <laughs> I but, uh, wish. Uh, I wish. But there's a few things in play now. I, I uh, to again, sort of uh, introduce this segment and I do a bit more research on what exactly the RLPA want because they've got very vocal in the last uh, week or two. They've just appointed Cam Smith as president. I think that's the only title in Australia he didn't hold uh, from legend to champion to president or whatever it is now. Yep. The question basically comes out of, a discussion we had, I think it was even last week, around what is the salary cap for next year. Yeah, There's some interesting information out there on the internet. NRL.com has an update as of May last year, and they claim that the 2016 salary cap was at $6.1 million. Now, if you go to Wikipedia, however, did you see those figures there, mate? Do you see what they are? The Wikipedia figures, mate, are um, – oh, I've dropped that screen. Let me go back to this screen, and it is – Well, I'll be saying here, not the footy show, kids. Yeah, we're, we're very well organised. We're, send, we're sending each other stuff all the time. Okay, so the 2016 salary caps here says uh, $6.8 million. Mm, with a raise to $7 million in 2017. It also claimed that the salary cap was $6.3 million in 2014 and $6.55 million in 2015. Now – I'm not one to completely believe with figure at the best times. Yeah. But it's very interesting that the last update that we have on NRL.com is only a 6.1 million figure. Yeah. Now, the reason that this is pertinent is that there was an article in the Herald uh, just today from Andrew Webster. And uh, he's talking about the whole, will there be a $1 million player at the Tigers, etc. And I'll, I'll just quote him word for word uh, from the Herald this morning. There is a looming storm on the horizon. NRL clubs have been working off the premise of a $10 million salary cap for 2018. However, late last week, the NRL offered a cap of $8.84 million. It angered many officials and the Players Association. Webster says, I'm predicting the promise of strike within days. I'm also predicting that it's going to be much, much harder to become a rugby league's, to become rugby league's next millionaire. That's a fair raise. Even if the figure quoted by uh, um, .com of... Uh, 6.1 in uh, 2016. If we go from 2016, 6.1 to 8.84 in 2018, that's a massive rise, and the players want 10. What's your view on this? More interestingly, I go back to 2012 and look at 2012 salary cap of 4.4 million, uh, <laughs> and in six years, it's 100% up. It's 100%. Right. As, as in what the NRL apparently is offering. That's not even what the players want. They want the extra extra 1.2. They want the extra 1.2. And and look, fair play to the players. That The competition without players is nothing. Okay, right. let's, let's go through all these caveats first. Players have a very, very short uh, lifespan as a player to be able to make their top dollar. They don't generally come into grade making top dollar. It's normally a year or two before they get the top dollar. And then generally they don't go out on top dollar. So they might only have six or seven years if they're a great player. Of maybe two contracts. Yeah, it might be two contracts of making the big dollars. Now, it's it's the problem with it is is that we get when they if they get if they get their 10 million and they very well might if they threaten if they threaten um, boycotting games and striking games or, or at least threaten it um, then they might get their $10 million. Now, it's, it's always been said that what happens is, is when the salary cap goes up, it's not the bloke that's making eighty grand that gets more money. 
it's never that fella. It's never the yep. worker or the, the grunt guy um, that may not have the talent um, of the, you know, the, normally the top four or five players in a club. He's not going to get any more money unless the NRL says now your minimum has to be a hundred grand. Okay, that's yep. the only way he's going to make more money. The blokes that'll get more money are the blokes that already are already getting the six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars. They're the blokes that are going to get more money. So it's not evenly spread, um, and I, I kind of have an issue with that. Um, you know, it, the, 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 ex, the the increase in salary cap will be for the blokes that will demand the more more money. You know, yep. and it'll it'll have what it'll do. It'll have Fellas like Ben Hunt, who's going to be on, was it 1.2 from Saints? Yeah, it's, it's, it's six over six. Okay. Okay. So it was six million over six years, did you say? I believe okay. so, yeah. So a million a year. It'll have, it'll have blokes like Ben Hunt, who isn't a million dollar player. He's not a million dollar player. I don't care. I don't care what you say. He yep. is not a million dollar player. But because St. George decided they needed a, a, a marquee halfback, even though they got Gareth Witt up there, um, I think who's off contract this year by the way he is um and geez I, so hope, a solution. Geez, I hope he um i hope he gets good money somewhere because the way he played yesterday was uh, he he is close to a million dollar player gareth widdop um yep. well if, if ben hunt is then gareth yeah. widdop is every day of the week um yeah so so my, my issue is is just a massive increase now i know that we've had tv deals i, I get that there was a big tv de- deal done yep that's not to say that the next TV deal will be as big because because for a a deal to be big like you know I I put it like this if you want to sell your house you've got to have two people interested Mm -hmm. if you you want to auction your house if you don't have two people interested you'll get the lowest bidder and that's the way it works so you know for for the NRL to get another good TV deal you have to have two people interested now we all know that all the networks are interested but how interested are they um if it gets to a, a, a point where the price is absolutely astronomically ridiculous, then you'll have a one-horse race. You know, Fox yep. will always be into it because they want to have a they want to have a, a cable kind of a thing, um, as well as a free-to-air. They have to have free-to-air of some description. But these big dollars that we're talking about, ten million dollars per club, right, um, is one hundred and sixty million dollars per club per year can spend. The grant, I believe. Uh, if I'm looking at Wikipedia correctly here, Ooh, the Bible, uh, yes, the Bible. Um, let's just say, let's just take it for face value for a moment, okay? So, the, yep. what what Wikipedia is saying is that the club grant has been the same since 2013. In 2013, the salary cap was 5.85 million dollars. The club grant was 7.1, 7.1 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's happening is the NRL is giving each club 7.1 million dollars. Um, to run their club, I, I I don't know if it's the I know the the NRL as a entity must govern and support clubs, but but you know I mean are we getting to the point now where the NRL should own all of the clubs? I don't know. I I, I would say no. I would say that the the answer to that is no. But they're virtually paying the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. You know I know there are outward things that. The NRL doesn't pay for, but the clubs with their their gate takings and whatever, however else they raise money, should be able to afford to to partly run the club. It seems to me though, with this club club grant, um, and that's I think their issue with this uh, the delay that was 
proposed um, by Grant at the end of last year yep. in regards to the, all the pressure on him in the job is that they were saying, well, we rely on this money. Mm. We, we have to have, you, you said to us six months ago we were getting this money. Yeah. So they're spent assuming they were going to get that money. Now yeah. all clubs may have not have spent that entire amount, but you, you've made the point that, that the grant effectively helps, is what runs their football club. Yeah. Yeah. So if we get to the $10 million salary cap, which I think is where you're sort of going with this, that's a heck of a raise in the, uh, the grant money. It's a, it's a raise in the grant money. Um, and, and it's, it's a raise overall, but like I, like I, I maintain it's not a raise for every one of those top 25 players. It won't be. It can't be. It'll be a raise for the top 20% of players. And that's it. And and and, and that's... I, I just don't know if, if I agree with that. I mean, there are so many blokes that play NRL that don't make massive money. Um, you know, we've got superstars and every, every sport needs the superstars, guaranteed. And they should be paid well. But when you've got others that are going to other clubs on massive contracts, um, you know, I think it's I think it's a heartache waiting to happen. To be honest mm. with you, I think you know when someone goes to another club on a big contract, the fans and the club expect what they're paying for. They expect that million dollar player or that one point two million dollar player, um, and you know, more often than not, they'll get a good player, but they won't get a million dollar player. You know, um, yeah, so. Webster did bring something up that was quite interesting in that article. Um, why don't you tell us about that? Uh, which one was that? <laughs> the the point about someone doing better yeah, the, uh, for themselves off the field than on? Well, there was that one and also the point about um, if you want to be a million-dollar player, you got to play like... If you want to make a million dollars as a player, you better play like a million-dollar player. And that's the challenge that the, uh, the Tigers' big four, again, we use that word, uh, struggle with is that they've got one win after five weeks and it's very hard to uh, maximise your, your currency when you're not playing well as a team as much as an individual. Well, Gus Gould actually tweeted something very, very amusing last night um, about the the whole um, million-dollar player thing. I, I mean, I, I follow Gus on Twitter because I think he's, you know, I think he's very smart and I think he's um, he always has a slightly different view on things. Some say good, some say bad, but... Uh, Gus Gould wrote last night, and I quote, um, someone said, someone asked him, uh, did the, did the, um, someone asked him about the Tigers, would the Tigers, and, and this is, uh, someone asked Gus, would the Tigers be better served cutting one of the four to buy a few experienced players to improve the side as a whole? And Gus wrote okay. back, they have the four of them there now, and they're not winning. Paying them more money won't make them better players team needs yeah. balance across the field and it's so true just because you pay someone more money isn't going to make them a better player you know you might hold on to them well you might hold on to them but what you've got there is you've got three young blokes and and Wood, woodsy's not old but you know mm. at least at least woodsy's played for australia and he's played state of origin and he's and he's uh you know he's, he's done some good things tedesco's played new south wales i actually forgot that did you know that i forgot that one, one. game he played one game last year and played well um the other two who want, from what I understand, well over half a million bucks each, have done nothing mm-hmm. at NRL level. Have done nothing. Um, and they're not winning. You know, they're not winning and they want big money. It's certainly an interesting uh, conundrum for Cleary to have to work out because that's going to be the biggest job that he has when he comes in. I don't believe it's he his- can keep them all. I don't believe he can keep all four of those players. 
And I and, oh. I, and I'm I'm not going to put words in Ivan's mouth. He, you know, he he has his own thoughts, but um, I I, I find, would find it hard to imagine that he'd want to keep all four if that's the money that they want out of the cap. Yeah. Um, I would I would find it hard. You know, the, I think between the four of them, uh, if I understand correctly, there's around about um, uh, what was it? It was nine, uh, one point one million for Tedesco, eight or nine hundred thousand for Woodsy. For and nine hundred thousand for Moses, and seven hundred for for the other. Um, that's a lot of chunk out of your your cap, you know. So hey, good luck to them. I, I, I I'm all for blokes making as much money as they possibly can, but it it will affect the other the other people in the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that can't be good for Team Harmony, especially with the Tigers. They're, they're a young team. They're building. You know. I don't and know. Final, final point on this. Um, that's the word that. Uh, Webster kind of re- referred to, which is the promise of a strike. Now, if a, that word comes out, if I'm a club, yeah. I'm hardly rushing to sign someone to a million-dollar contract if they're going to say they're going to strike this time next year. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny um, that, you know, the, I mean, the RLPA are there to do, to do good things for players and to, to support their players and to, to um, you know, try and get them fair deals. And, and if, they, if a player gets injured, you know, the men of league thing and all, all that kind of stuff, to try and... To try and it's a players' union. RLPA is a players' union. Um, but geez, geez, I don't like the word strike. You know, I, I really dislike the word strike, especially especially coming from blokes that are making massive dollars. You know, oh, and you know we're uh, we're ten years on from uh, Super League as well. Yeah, so it's funny how it, it all comes back to the old almighty dollar. Quickly on. That part of it, and we'll wrap up salary cap here, everybody. But it's a question from one of our listeners, Matt uh, Tuxi, wants to know how would a transfer window best look in the NRL? And I guess the reason this applies to the salary cap and the requests or the desire for there to be a ten million dollar salary cap and million dollar players is that one of the things that the players have modelled this off is the way pro sports are done in the US. Now, money is is uh, just all over the place over there. Now, they've also got a market that can sustain that. Now, as a result, one of the real uh, interesting points around how uh, professional sports work in the US is that the, and, and in England and the, and the like in Europe is the transfer window aspect. So you might be earning X amount of dollars, but you can still be traded. You can be released. Yep. You can be moved on no matter how ironclad your contract is. And this is the part of uh, rugby league that has always been um, pushed back: is that oh, you know, we can't we can't tell people what players are earning. That's point number one. And B, we can't have them traded to somewhere because it's a restraint of trade. Now, that's all well and good, but the thing that the pro sports players in the US particularly accept is that that could still happen. Now, they have in- introduced things like no trade clauses and and minimal movement clauses and and the rest. But the truth is. This is a reality of the money that you are being paid is that it puts you in a position where a club will go seriously. And we're seeing it already in the NRL in the last half dozen years where players will be on big money and the clubs will say, no, nah, we'll pay for you next year to go somewhere else. So the question basically to you, Cogsmith, is when would a transfer window, uh, I guess, fit best into the rugby league system, even if it won't be as on the same level as a pro sports thing where they can just be moved really nearly? Where would you put a transfer window of sorts? For rugby league, look, I, 
I understand what the players are saying. You know, the, the, it, it may be a restraint of trade having um, transfer windows and whatnot and, and drafts. Uh, there is definitely a restraint of trade in having a salary cap, but they don't seem to worry about that so much. Um, I think a transfer window um, is a... I think, I think the, the opportunity for a transfer window, I, I just think it has to suit both. both. I, I just don't like to see players um, uh, break contracts and I don't like to yep. see players moved on willy-nilly. Um, I, I think that there has to be some kind of uh, a, an agreement come to where the, where the clubs can, you know, uh, have... If a player stops performing, put it that way, if a player completely stops performing, then I think mm. that it's it's time to talk about a transfer, you know, maybe it's the best thing for the player. I think if a, if a club stops giving the player love, um, then it's time for the player to look elsewhere. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I just don't, I just don't want to see clubs get sick of a player and just say, yeah, it's time to go, mate. Or, you know, there might Hello, be, pre- well, yeah, like they might, there might be personal issues, a bit like Robbie Farah. There might be personal issues where, um, they have to, you know, they don't get along with the coach or one of the coaching staff or all the coaching staff and, and yep. that has to be worked on. It can't be just dropping people are people. People are human beings. They can't be just dropped like spuds, um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I, I just don't want to see it, it happen willy-nilly. I don't think it's good for the fans either, mate. I, I, it's confusing, you know. Um, some of the diehard Tigers fans, seeing Robbie run around in a, in a rabbit's jersey yeah. almost makes them sick to the stomach, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on it? What do you? What... I think I think we have to just accept the fact that the AFL have done it, mm. and yes, it looks like we're copying the AFL, but the transfer window simply has to happen after the grand final. Yeah. Uh, I think what you've touched on in your last sort of four or five um, sort of sentences there is that that's what's happening now. Yeah. We are seeing players get punted yeah. mid- midway through a season. We're seeing players sign elsewhere with a year and a half to go on their contracts. Yeah. What we have now is a mess. Yeah. And if we are going to have our window, put it for two or three weeks after the season, and that's just the way it is. Well, either that or you have it as, you know, if it's a, if it's a team, if it's a cellar-dweller team, for example, um, the moment they've stopped playing their last game for the season um, is when the window opens. And it's open until, um, I don't know, give it a date. Just put some dates on it, you know. It's open until January 30. It's open from the yep. last game that they play as a club till January 30, done and dusted. And okay, then, I don't know if we've actually uh, fixed anything for anybody in the no, last 10 minutes, everybody, but gee whiz, hopefully we're having some fun. <laughs> we'll have more of Not The Footy Show after the break. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Not The Footy Show. Show? Of upsetting their rhythm. Cameron Smith out of dummy half, and here's Jonathan Thurston, and they're already threatening here. The ball back on the inside, and Billy Slater is loving this World Cup final. All the bad memories disappear. A second try for Billy the Kid, and right from the start of the second half, Australia stamp their authority on the game again. Okay, Cocksmith, there's a. Uh... Another segment has just arrived, thanks to uh, a question from our uh, listener, Ross McArdle. G'day, Ross. Know. Ross, oh, thanks very much. We, we just like the... Has like Ross given it. us a review yet? I don't know, Ross, because I know there's some other people who have given us reviews that have changed their actual names to the people that I actually know have ah, given reviews. So, okay. very hard to give a shout-out. Yep. But Ross wants to know, is Billy Slater ready for the Kangaroos? Give another month of NRL, he should be up to speed. Yeah. 
This is a tough one because it's can down you, to him or Darius Boyd. It's as simple as that. Can you and Ross hear the rain at my house, by the way? I could hear the rain. I don't know if anyone's going to pick that up in the I'm sorry. The I'm sorry about the rain, guys. I, it's, yeah, do better, Coxie. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Okay, let's get to Slater. Is Slater ready for the Kangaroos? Well, well, before he was injured, um, he was the Kangaroos' fullback um, and he was also Queensland's fullback. But in the meantime, Darius Boyd has grown as a player. He's done a pretty good job. Um, now, I know that if we, if we talk about just the Kangaroos, I would say no. I'd say yep. no, he's not. I, I, I don't think it'd be fair on Darius Boyd. And I'm no Darius Boyd lover. I'm, I'm yep. just saying, I don't think it'd be fair on him. He's done a great job. He's one of the NRL's best players. Um, he's arguably the NRL's best fullback. Um, he's, he's, I think he's definitely the most rounded fullback that's in the game today. Yeah, yeah. I also think that he has a future with a six on his back. I'm just saying, okay? I think he's actually a very good ball player. Um, I, uh, no, I, I don't think Slater is, is ready to come back for the Kangaroos, but who knows what Mal will do. Mal has, you know, Mal has some, some ways about him that may not be, you know, 100% normal. Um, no slide on the Mal. The thing about Mal, and, and I've actually sat in one of these... Um, sort of seminars when he's given sort of the view to the kangaroos when he first got the gig he was is standing there in rugby league central talking to the staff and yeah he sort of he, he was huge on culture his whole philosophy around what he did at the maroons and and what he was going to do at the kangaroos was to change how people perceived wearing that jersey absolutely yep heard that. so i don't doubt for a second that a big part of that success that queensland had wasn't only due to billy slater the player the Billy Slater, the person. Yeah. Now, with a view to the 2017 World Cup, which was in Australia at the end of the year. Mm. Did you say 2017? I think 2017, you mate. You've you got to wait for that year. It's, it's going to be the best year ever. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I shouldn't jump in. That's Go all right. On. Go on. <laughs> I like when people uh, pull me up on that stuff. <laughs> Not like me to exaggerate at all. Anyway, <sighs> I think there is a serious chance that even if he isn't fullback, Billy Slater plays in the Australian team on the wing. Um, the uh, Anzac test. I have no doubt about that. I think you, I think Slater should be. As far as as far as it goes with Queensland, for example, who was an assistant coach last year, yeah. um, you know, he'll, he'll play Origin this year. Yeah, I, I think he will. I just don't know what, what do you. It's it's a it's a real conundrum. It's a great question, Ross. I, I think that if if you had to pick a team, this is the way I look at Origin, guys. Just to give you an insight into what I think, and I'm a Neville, so. Just take it, take it with a grain. But this is the way I look at it. If you had to pick a team to play for your life, if your team loses, you're dead. Okay, that's the way I look at it. If you had to pick a team, a Queensland team, to play for your life, would you pick Slater, or would you pick Darius Boyd? I'd pick Boyd today. I would have picked Slater three years ago. But well, I it's picked, funny I again. Boyd. I don't think I don't think you have to pick between the two of them. You just find a way to put both of them in your side. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, you could you could mix it up like um, a few of the NRL teams are doing at the moment with, uh, you know, like someone like Dean Farre who who runs out with a two on his back but ends up playing uh, a little bit of fullback um, when when Moylan's in the line. He plays a bit of centre, so you you can mix it up. It doesn't matter. It's funny, what I reckon a good a uh, little tip here. I reckon that will be uh, rectified as of tomorrow on the team list. So I don't think the Panthers will be allowed to keep picking. Barre on the wing and one of Blake in the centres on the team sheet as of tomorrow. That's a little tip for you. You think? Why, 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 well, I think why? Just, it's making a mockery of it. He, he, he Blake plays in the wing. It's as simple as that. That's where he plays. Yeah, but he might he might like the, the three. He might like the three on his back. 
Come on, mate. You've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to make sure that there's no advantage for anybody in the world. Mm. Stuff. Uh, no, to, to answer your question, Ross, like I say, I think the best way to look at it is to who, who, you'd, who you'd really, really think can do the job in there. And Mal's the only one that can answer the question. But if it was me, I'd have Boyd. Yeah, and I'd go Boyd at fullback and I reckon Slater will play on the wing. I love you. I love you. I love New South Wales. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love New South Wales. Go New South Wales. Coach Smith, you also want to touch on New South Wales because uh, this one, I think, what needs to be established here, everybody, is is Coxie loves his rugby league. He loves his NRL. Mm. But I tell you what, I don't know. Come February first, all he's thinking about is Origin. He That's literally stays about. awake at night thinking about Origin. This man. I get very and passionate. Very about passionate origin. about Origin. I mean, it, for me, the season is just the salad dressing to the steak that is Origin. Um, you know. So I'm going to I'm going to try and talk about Origin every week. And if you're bored with it, well then write me some hate mail. I don't care. Um, I don't know. All I can see in our reviews is just love for Cox. So anyway, there you go. So, so here's the here's the thing, okay? With Origin at the moment, or, or with the New South Wales side, because Queensland don't need any help. Um, with the New South Wales side, I noticed that Dugan got a pretty bad, well, well, we, we think a pretty bad hamstring injury yesterday. That really, that really, um, for me, that 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 kind of really throws a spanner in the works because Dugan is your is your centre, but he's also a he's also a foil for your fullback. And at a pinch, uh, could you know, if you needed him to, you could you could play almost anywhere. If Dugan's out, it it paves the way for another centre to come in and and a new centre. Mm-hmm. Now everyone is saying that they think Pierce is going to be the seven this year, much to my chagrin. <laughs> I think. Um, See, what other podcast do you get the word chagrin, everybody? Yeah. You don't get that word anywhere else. This yeah. is the only place. This is a high-class place, this. Um, so if you, have, if you have Tedesco at fullback, I had Dugan and I had Jack Bird in the centres. I didn't have Jennings um, for one reason or another. I had Jack Bird. Um, and I had Morrison Trebojevic on the, the wings uh, with Mansour bracketed because we don't know if he's going to be back yet. Moreland at six. Maloney at seven. Now, if Maloney... If Maloney plays at six, like some people are saying, and Pierce comes in at seven, and they put Moylan to the bench, I think it's a mistake. I don't think yep. we need a back back player for a bench. I think we need a someone. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, in a long way, I'm saying I think it's time, especially since it's either his 200th game this week or last week. I think it's this week. Jared Croker, as a centre, has fixed his defence up. His defence mm. is good can find the way to a try and can kick a goal from almost anywhere a la Eon Crossan. I think <laughs> I think it's time to unleash Croker, Croaks, Jay Croak. I think uh, that's why Jason Croker wears the white um, headgear. Why? Because Eon Crossan. Oh, oh the blonde hair. hair. Yeah. Mate, it's it's all come hang on. Yep. Love child. I'm just saying. Love child. Jeez oh, mate, that's Eon a bit Crossan. controversial. <laughs> Did Eon ever play in Canberra? I I, I will, while you continue, I will look it up. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that's my conundrum for this week. What happens if Dukes can't play? Um, who's your centre? Oh, you just bring Jennings in, do you? Do you just bring Jennings in? Well, Jennings or Ferguson. Yeah, Blake, I don't know about that. Um, but, geez, I've got a long list of players here. I think, I think, I think New South Wales are... The tide will be turning soon. You know, we've got, we've got a, 
you know, in my reserves, for example, at, at the moment, I have one, two, three, four, five. I've got ten reserves that I think are legitimate. That might be a little bit illegal. I just no, I know, I know. We can't have them all on the bench up to number twenty-three. But what I'm saying is, is I think I think the future is bright for New South Wales, and it may not be this year, but I think there's going to be a turning of the tide, and I think there'll be a roll-on. Um, maybe not ten in a row or nine in a row like Queensland, but I think that we we um, there's a lot of competition uh, among the players this year and genuine competition when you've got the likes of uh, Frizzell, Fafita, Merrin, Clemmer, Shannon Boyd, Junior Paulo, Josh Jackson, Paul Vaughan, Bryce Cartwright and Tyrone Peachy who can't make my top 13. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's an exciting time, mate. We're round six this week. and uh, there's only See, a... I think this is about the time where we need to be talking origin. This you get through the first month, I mm. think the new car smell of the season, all the rest of it. Yep. And I can confirm that Jared Croker is not the love child of Ian ah. Crossan because Ian Crossan played in Canberra only once in 1994, Saturday, July 16th, and Jared Croker was born in 1990. So we're okay. Ah. Can, we, can, can you just, the decks. Just, just quickly, I know you're a massive Canberra fan. Can He's 26 years old, Jared Croker. Yep. He's going to play his 200th game this week, his 200th yeah. NRL game. Pretty impressive, isn't it? It's mate. Firstly, I think I'll just double check it while I uh, while you just fill for two seconds. You're talking about Andrew McCulloch, 27, played his 200th game last week. Yeah, and uh, Aiden Tolman is 28, and he played his 200th last week. So he's got two years, a year and two years on those other two. So he could pretty... he could nearly get to 250 by the time he's 28, if all things being equal, you know, health wise and everything like that. Um, I think Jared Croker. I, I, I think Jerry, I think Canberra are uh, a much better team with Croker in the team, and I, um, I think uh, I think he'd be a good replacement for Dugan if Dugan can't play. That's interesting. Quick point of fact, actually, and this will this will really interest you as we uh, jump out of this segment on the footy show. Uh, he made his debut in two thousand and nine. Jared Croker. Yep. He didn't kick a single goal in his first twenty one games. He didn't kick in his first year in first grade. So if he's got I think he reached uh, 100 career tries uh, on the weekend. And I think he's kicked something he like 530-odd goals. But he had a whole full season where he didn't kick goals. So imagine how much closer he'd be to the uh, total point-scoring record if he'd actually kicked that first year for the Raiders. Absolutely. And, and here's a little interesting point that your your uh, listeners will find very uninteresting. Um, this week when he scored that 100th try, I was in perfect position to shoot it and I shot it. And for one reason or another, and I can't which can't work out why, but um, the pictures didn't write to the card. Oh no! I had a card. No, I didn't have a card failure. I had a camera failure. So I was uh, most annoyed. I said some naughty words. Was it's not unlike you, Cocksmith. Uh, after the break, we'll uh, wrap up things here on Not the Footy Show, episode one hundred and sixty. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now, you're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Not the footy show. Show? All right, Cogsmith, it's reviews time. Apart from the uh, review that the uh, button or the uh, camera itself didn't work for you on the weekend, uh, we've got some actual (laughs) knock me over with a feather. We have mm. reviews on reviews on reviews on iTunes for us. Really? Uh, to go through this week. Okay. Um, you got it in front of you, sir? 
I'm gonna do. Hold on one second. I'm just getting it up. I'm um I'm ready. What about the reviews there? Yep. Okay. Hit me. What are we talking about? Uh, I hope the listeners heard that. There we go. Uh, we'll start <laughs> with feature monster. Just to wait to get that part. I'm of here. Movie. Feature monster. There he is. Uh, he says, uh, "Well, I gave this very little chance of being a long-term subscription, but after the first listen, I have to say, bravo." The boys know what they're talking about, so he's obviously referring to a different podcast. Yeah, uh, Their opinions are considered, ditto, and well-delivered, and it doesn't be any garbage or mm. bias. Bias B- BS. Yes. Keep, <laughs> keep up the good work, boys. Five stars. So thank you, Feature Monster. Appreciate that. Yeah. And then we've got another one, Fitness T. Never miss this podcast on a Sunday evening. I love cocks. Malza. Now, I think that's uh, LT, Fitness T. Yep. So, uh, mate, you are a bit of a you're a bit of a cult hero in the old WhatsApp mm. group that I'm a part of. So, another yeah. shout out to the MCO Cup boys. I'm going to have to join that. What can I join? I think I think we'll we'll start a petition. Okay. I'll I'll put it towards you. if they're listening to the podcast right now. Yep. If they bring it up on that WhatsApp thing, we'll, we might get you involved. Vote me in. There's another one. It might it might sort of I don't know uh, ruin the uh, aura. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe exactly. maybe they'll get to know me and hate me, like most That's people. Yeah, uh, what do yeah. we? We've got another uh, one there. Yeah, great podcast from Toby Blake, 138. He said, started listening at the start of the season. Love the insight analysis. Treating the game seriously with passion, but not over the top and a bit of humor. I'm not sure where that part of the show is, but mm. we'll work on that. I now look forward to coming out every week. I, too, love the Cox. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons I divorced Perry was because of his last name. You don't like Cox? Actually, I love Cox. Greatest conversation ever. See, that's the problem. Sausage is huge. Excuse me, ladies. I need it elsewhere. <sighs> well, I'll have to pay these guys, won't I? <clears throat> they're obviously, they're obviously relatives of mine or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and we've got another one. Great show by Cash Cows 13. Did you pay this guy? Best podcast on iTunes. Listening to the voice of Cox on the way to work is a highlight of the week. <laughs> My, I wish my wife would say that. Keep up the good work. Growing legion of fans in Asia. Queuing to listen to the podcast. In Asia. I didn't know you could queue to listen to a podcast. Well, if it was Russia, I'd believe it. But I don't know about Asia. I thought that they all had iPods over there and they could listen to... Oh, sorry, iPhones. They could listen to anything. Uh, hey, great to have those listeners. Great reviews, guys. I'm I'm still working on what I've got to steal. I mean, borrow from an NRL ground. But I will... Um, well, that's. I think that's where all these have yeah. come from. Okay, that, I'm going to. Uh, last week, uh, Cocksmith announced that there would be something that he would steal from a, a ground. Yep. Evidently, it wouldn't be the photo of uh, uh, Jared Croker uh, breaking a record. No, um, <laughs> but it would be something uh, that he could possibly uh, get and put in the mail and send to these guys. So these guys, oh, what's he got there? No, no, nothing. No, no I've got nothing. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you very much. So he will we will work on something and, and see if he can uh, get it out to somebody uh, who puts on the best review at the moment. All those mm. ones, they're, they're strong contenders for best review. Oh, they're great. They're great. All positive, all five stars. You you guys are, um, are definitely, uh, well, we're kicking goals via you guys. It's great. Um, Appreciate it, everybody. Uh, if you want to leave a review, just head over to iTunes uh, or you can give us some love on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash podcast. And on Twitter, I'm at NRL Tweet, and Mr. Cocksmith is at? Uh, at uh, R-A-B-B-C-O-X, Rob Cox, on both Instagram and Twitter. Two Bs? One B. B-A-B-A-R. That's two. Yeah, but not right next to each other. I thought that's what you meant.
Uh, Was are we going to have a quick talk about um, this week, what we've got coming up, just a quick run yeah, through? Yeah, a couple the... of games we might be looking forward to. Yep. I think just quickly, we, we are aiming to have some guests on in the future. Yes. I think the, uh, the ratings have come in. We said we'd give you more shows yep. if uh, the ratings started coming in. So because you've done that, uh, I think there might be a bit of a look at the 1990 South Sydney Rabbitohs in the next few weeks. We'll try and tee that up with a former coach. Uh, thanks to um, BC for helping set that up. And I think just looking at round number six, obviously we've already touched on the fact that there are no must-win games this weekend. But the games <laughs> that I'm looking forward to the most, it's 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 going to surprise you a little bit. It's not the grand final replay between the uh, Storm and the Sharks on Ooh, Sunday. As, as good as that may be. Mm. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing... This is going to blow you away, mate. Mm-hmm. Titans and the Raiders on Saturday night. Well, of course it's the Raiders. I mean, it's serious. Yeah. What else do you want to hear? It's so predictable. But the reason I say this is that the Titans have played, like they've tried their guts out for five weeks. Yep. I think they've only got one win uh, to show for it after the five weeks. Against Parra, was it? They've, I don't know. I, I just think both those teams play some footy, uh, and I think it could be a, a pretty entertaining game. It's up there at Seabus. On Saturday night, I just want to see good football. And I'm looking at the rest of the games and nothing really grabs me. Mm. I think the Broncos-Roosters game on Thursday night will be a grind-a-thon. Um, yeah, that's... I'm talking about it's, just, it's not, not appealing football. It's, it'll be, I'll watch it, don't get me wrong. But yeah. It's not going to be, you know, you, you can't miss it. Yeah, who's going to win that game quickly? Broncos-Roosters. I have to go Roosters. Roosters, away from home. Okay, I'll go Broncos. Uh, what about the Knights-Bulldogs? That's going to be a score-a-thon, I think. They're going to oh, put a million yeah. on Seriously. Friday, um, 6 p.m. Yeah. Nice game. I'm actually shooting the Panthers Rabbitohs game this week at uh, at a Pepper on 7 750 yeah, or 8 o'clock Friday night. Fest. Hopefully, you get some good. Uh, Hopefully, some my cameras, cameras work. Panthers. Thanks, mate. Exactly. Uh, Manly Dragons. Well, this is a. That should be a good game, game, actually. Seagulls well, Dragons. Yeah. It's, at least it's being played during the day, 3 yeah. p.m. Uh, Saturday at Brookie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know who I'm going to pick there. Obviously, the Titans, Raiders, Cowboys, Tigers in Townsville. Gee, yeah. Cowboys by how many? Uh, a million. Sorry, Tigers. A million. Now, Warriors, Eels. Now, this one will this one will test the, t- the tipsters because I think the Eels aren't a bad football side. Mm. And I, again, I didn't watch all of the the Warriors match, but I don't trust the Warriors. Do you? No, I don't trust either of them. Actually, I, I think it. I think that's why it's end. That's why I find it. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that game because who knows what you're going to get. It's a box of chocolates, you know. Oh, thanks, Forrest. And then obviously, finish with the Storm. Should be a good game. Should be, thanks. mate. Storm Sharks will be a grindathon again. Storm, Storm are surgical, um, and the Sharks are, are you know, uh, a team of tough guys. And um, it should be a it should be a, a really good game that game. But we'll be um, wrapping up the table as we head into round number six. The Storm are at the top with 10 points. Dragons, Roosters, Cowboys on four wins. Uh, then Manly, Sharks, Raiders and Panthers round up the top eight. Broncos are outside the top eight on percentages along with the Eels, Rabbitohs and Bulldogs and Warriors on four points. The Titans, Knights and Tigers all have the single win for the season. Coxsmith, it's been a pleasure chatting to you once again, sir. Always, mate. Sorry I couldn't be there today. It's just this weather was not real good to drive in, so... Uh, I thought I'd save the uh, hour and a half and do some stuff at home, but uh, always good to see your smiling face on Skype, even if there is a little bit of lag and delay, but, you know, we'll get through that. Hopefully it's come out all right, everybody. Again, please give us a rating anywhere you like. Quickly, as we leave, I'm just going to show Cocksmith via the wonders of Skype the membership packs that finally came through for me as I am a dual <laughs> member of both the Bulldogs 
and the Raiders. This is the, uh, the Bulldogs hat. Put it on. Uh, is it just me? I mean, it's hard to see on Skype, but does that yeah. look like a really light, lighter blue than you thought the Bulldogs would be? Uh, no, I, I, it looks about right to me. But do you think it's too light, do you? It's hard in to person, Scott. far too light. Um, yeah, put so it on. Put it on. I always thought it was a darker thing. Put, I got a lanyard. I mean, that's fantastic. Put the put the Bulldog thing on your head. Go on. Oh, here we go. Go the Bulldoggies. Oh, put it on your head. Hang on. The wonders of wonders of preparation, everybody. Yeah, I have a head. This is great that. radio. This. Uh, oh, yep. There you go. Out. Beautiful. You're looking good, mate. Yeah, actually, you look good as a Bulldogs member. Okay, well, I'll send that anyway, to you. Anyway, so the last bit is the Raiders gear, which actually, yep. you know, this is to me the number one thing. You get the hat. I like the hat. Yep. Hat's not bad. This is yep. the Raiders hat. Yep. Very simpler. Looks mm-hmm. good. Looks good. Fantastic. But this is the thing that I reckon should be in every membership pack. How good is the scarf? Oh, yeah. That is a good-looking scarf, that. I like it's a it. fantastic-looking scarf. Scarves should be in every membership pack, I have decided. It is decided. You are... It is decided. It is decided. Mate, that scarf is fantastic. I reckon I want to get one of those scarves and uh, wrap it around my neck and uh, run up and down the sideline at Bruce Stadium. Maybe, maybe Ricky will love me a little bit more if I do that. How good would that be oh. if you... Because actually, it's a it's funny you bring that up. One of the things that inspired the whole remembering uh, part of the podcast, mm. I was watching the a 1993 game between the Raiders and the Broncos from Bruce Stadium. Yep. Quite frankly, the best era of rugby league of all time, just purely in the way that game was played. I agree. And what I noticed was the main Channel 9 cameraman standing behind the, the guy kicking for goal had a Canberra hat on. Oh, right. Canberra Raiders. You can't do that anymore. I mean, I know there's only one person that I know of that would do that, and that's Chuckstagram. Yeah, he'd do that with Who would wear a Chuck gear on the sideline at like a grand final, I don't know, the uh, Cowboys and the Broncos. But I don't know. I, I'd love to see you decked out in the scarf, mate. I'm happy to give you my scarf if you think you can take it down to Canberra and, and show it off. I'll buy one. I'll buy one, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. They pay me at the NRL, so I'll buy one. I reckon next time I'm in Canberra, I will buy one of those scarves. But did I tell you last week how Ricky, last time we were down in Canberra, Ricky uh, ejected our other photographer out of the room? Yeah, um, he did. Okay, let me what about, just... What about this weekend just gone? Did that happen again? No. So, so the thing I wanted to tell you and the listeners was that um, this week uh, we went back down to Canberra. We shot at the Canberra one. And I said to the media guy, I said, can we get in the room and, and you know, and do a do a team song? And he said, mate, you know what happened last time? Ricky accidentally threw you out. He thought you weren't weren't from NRL photos. He thought you were someone else. Oh. I said, okay. So we send our other photographer in and, you know, Brendan Esposito went in. And um, apparently Ricky walked across the room, walked straight up to Brendan, put his hand out and he said, mate, I am so sorry to, he goes, I didn't, he said, I didn't know where you were from. And then he he brought him in. He, like they shook hands, and then Ricky brought him in for a man hug. Oh, so that is unheard of, ladies and gentlemen. Ricky Stewart man hugged a photographer. Hits me here. Yeah, mate, it hit me as well. And because uh, that was your hug. Yeah, he stole that, your hug. Yeah, he stole my hug. Thanks, Rick. I'm hoping this year I'll get a man hug too from Ricky. I'd love that. I'd love that, especially after oh, he, the the choice yeah. words he gave to me after that World Cup final in Brisbane. I'd love a man hug from Rick. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. No, not gonna happen. <laughs> I like Ricky. Well, on that note, when... <laughs> uh, let's campaign that the Cox gets a hug. That's what we want. Uh, okay. Nice, big, comfy hug. Can't wait. It's been a pleasure, Mr. Cox Smith. We'll talk is. to you next time.
So remember, boys and girls, give us a rating, and we'll very much appreciate it. Last words, Cocksmith? Nothing this, uh, nothing to say, mate, but I look forward to next week, and uh, hopefully we will um, catch up in person and have a coffee or something like that after the podcast. But have a good week, mate. Off the footy show. show. Well, a dream came true for a former Toowoomba player when he led St George to victory in the Panasonic Cup final last night. Ex-Brisbane brothers and Toowoomba All-Whites 5'8", Peter Gill scooped the pool, winning $20,000 worth of electrical equipment. And here it is, the Panasonic Cup. Apart from the Brisbane connection, it was also a special night for St George captain Craig Young. Young is expected to retire at the end of the season, and a major motivation behind the Saints' victory was to win the Cup final for him. The 33-year-old Test veteran led from the front and admits the victory is a nice way to go out. I'm just going to enjoy the, enjoy the night and, uh, and all the effort the boys put in for me. It was a tremendous thrill for me personally. In an emotional Saints dressing room, former brothers hooker Trevor Bailey paid tribute to Young. Yeah, well, you know, we were led well by Craig Young. You know, he's a good footballer. I mean, you know, you only look at his record. He's played the same test for Australia and, and he was definitely fired up for that game and, and he led from the front and we all followed. St George made a magic start to the game when after four minutes, Steve Robinson scored. Ten minutes later, centre Brian Johnston broke clear and Ricky Walford was backing up. Soon afterwards, an intercept try by Burke Gordon gave the Saints an unbeatable lead. Peter Gill relished his change to the lock position and he's happy he took the big risk and moved to Sydney. Biggest hole on my career so far, yes. Winning the cup was the main one and then turning around and getting another match is just it's unbelievable at the moment. Pepsi.